who was here last Thursday? Raise your hand. You're here last Thursday. Okay, what did we talk about last Thursday? Companions in the Lord. And what did you learn anything from last week about companions? What? Yes. Yeah, oh, big point. I think he used the example that. Oh yeah, go go. Uh, being built up together with companions helps us bring in God's move. Yeah, two great points. I remember the illustration. Stamp Josh and. Uh, Julian, yeah. So remember this illustration. One can chase how many? A so he can go get a thousand. So, and then he can get a thousand. So he separate they get how many? Two thousand. And then the Bible says, but together how many they get? Ten thousand. So it shows the power of being related in the Christian life. This is a huge principle. And a lot of us miss it growing up because we're individuals. We're in the land of independent, self-made people and uh, achieving as an individual. So we miss a lot of the message of the Bible, which is really critical uh, principle is the joining together, the relatedness. Even the Bible says that a man and woman, when they're joined the two shall be what? One flesh. Two, they were two, but now they're joined in union and marriage, and in God's eyes, that's one flesh. There's only, how many flesh is there there? How many flesh? One. One. That's quite high, right? In God's view, the joining of two into one. So whenever we have relatedness in the Lord, uh, that is very meaningful. The two, as an individual Christian, you may have thought individually all your life, but the revelation of the Bible is that we're joined to one another in the Lord. So tonight, we'd like to follow last week's message about groups and companions with a key principle in the Bible, which is on your handout. Everybody got a handout? Okay, what's the title? One accord. And we want to approach this just the same way the brothers opened it up here. Uh, the Lord's done a lot this semester. Wouldn't you agree? Just think back. All the freshmen, think back. I'm seeing uh, Sarah right there. Think back, Sarah. Eight or nine months ago, how much the Lord has done in your life in less than a year. Pretty phenomenal. And Alexis is right there next to her with a big smile. In one year... By being open to the Lord and by receiving his word, by having companions, wow, spiritual growth and the body of Christ gets built up. So we've had a really good year. Uh, actually, it's a very good freshman class. How about all the freshmen stand up? I'd just like to see you again as a group. Yeah. All the freshmen. That is awesome. Yeah, good class. Really good class. We're so excited about this freshman class. And you've been with us. I know we took a Thanksgiving break. We took a winter break. We took a spring break. But now we're going to take a summer break, which is going to be a challenge because the temptation is that when you're not in this environment that you've been in, which is very uh, uh, 
uh, how would you describe, it's like a greenhouse where you're around the word, you have companions. I remember, where is Sister uh, Maritha? I saw you here, Maritha. Maritha gave a little testimony about growing up as a Christian in a good Christian environment, but kind of being the only one uh, her age. And Maritha, what did you say about when you came to UT and you chose UT because you knew there were some other seeking Christians on the campus? Remember what your words were about? You don't remember. Oh, come on. <laughs> you were so excited, you told somebody. Who did you tell? Who told me this? Renita, did you tell me this? Renita's her mother. Where's Renita? <laughs> she had to step out. Okay. I think I heard about you that you were so excited because now you're in an environment where you're surrounded by other Christian sisters your age, and every day you could find fellowship. Was that you? Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to add to that? No. No, okay. All right. So, uh, in an environment. Okay, so she's been in this environment growing, 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 and now she'll be here some this summer in the internship, but the, the risk is you leave this environment uh, and you're not around others seeking Christians maybe or the emphasis on the Word and your spiritual life begins to wane. And you, instead of advancing and growing, uh, you either stagnate or even you slip. So that's what we really would hate to see. So that's why we're encouraging the companions last Thursday. And then tonight we want to talk about, as a group, a key principle is called one accord. Let's all say that. One accord. We're going to talk about that tonight because when you're grouped up, then because that's a threat to Satan's kingdom and in bringing in God's kingdom, remember the companions last week were put in the context of bringing in the kingdom, right? The kingdom life. So that's what builds up the kingdom. Those are the building blocks of the kingdom. So obviously Satan's attack is against that oneness, that one accord. That is his master stroke because he knows that's what's going to finish him off. When there's a group, a large enough group of built-up Christians, one body, the Bible says they will crush Satan under their feet shortly. And he knows the Bible, so he knows what's going to end his days. So he fights against that. So we want to share a little bit about, since we're talking about groupings, uh, once you're in a group, what is critical about maintaining that group and even growing that group? And it's one accord. Okay, so let's go ahead and read uh, this first point. Let's read the first uh, point. Oneness. Jesus, Jesus prayer. prayer for the believers to be built up into one. Okay, so this was a prayer the Lord just got through sharing for three chapters. Famous chapters, mysterious chapters. In John 14, 15, 16, and then he turns and he prays for a whole chapter. And the essence of that prayer is for the believers. What's the essence of that prayer? This is what he's praying to the Father. He's getting ready to part the believers physically, no longer be with them there. So he's praying 
a certain prayer to the Father, and the essence of that prayer is that all these ones that he's been with, that they would be built up into one. And that the ones who they share the gospel to and who would then believe would also be built up into this one, oneness. That's what's in his heart because he is finishing his earthly ministry and he wants a continuation on the earth and he sees that this is the critical, this is the kernel, this is the key to continue his kingdom. There has to be some on the earth that will continue his life and expand his life, expand his kingdom and, and push out Satan's kingdom so that he can come again. He's waiting on that to come again, so he's waiting for this kingdom to grow, and so he realizes that's only possible when his believers who come from all different tribes, tongues, nations, colors, educational backgrounds, doesn't matter, they all would be one. Quite a, quite a big order, but it's possible because of his life. So let's read a few verses from this chapter that he emphasizes the essence of this prayer. How about the girls on one, guys on two? Go, girls. And I am no longer in the world, yet they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given to me, that they may be one, even as we are. Okay, underline. Oh, sorry. Sorry, brothers. Just say Underline, uh, they may be one. That's the prayer. They may be one. I'm no longer in the world. They're in the world. I'm coming to you. I'm leaving them. I've kept them in your name. I've kept them. They're here. I've kept them. But uh, the ones you've given me, but they would continue. They would continue to go on even as we are. They'd be one even as we are. Okay, guys, go. That they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, Okay, good. So underline in that verse, they may all be one, that the world, what's going to cause the world to believe? That the world may believe that you have sent me. When the world sees people that are divided along every possible lines, uh, when the, the world sees a people, the diverse people that are one, then the world will believe that the Father sent the Son because this expression is not possible by any other life than the life of God. The divine eternal life of God is the only possible way to uh, have the reality of the oneness among so many different kind of people, so many different educational backgrounds, so many different backgrounds. It's impossible. The United Nations are the divided nations. But in Christ, it's possible. It's the only way, his life. Uh, so uh, verse, one, uh, uh, sorry, uh, verse 11 is the oneness is in his life, in your name. That's, that chapter is talking about eternal life. And then uh, the one you just read is in his word. That's why we emphasize his word. And then uh, how about the girls on 22? Okay, underline, they may be one even as we are one. And that's in the divine glory. 
So through his divine life, through his divine word, that's the essence coming into you. The life, divine life is coming into you. The life comes through the word and that produces a glory. And that is uh, the expression of the oneness. Okay, then uh, who, guys on 23, go. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected into one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Okay, that they may be perfected into one. So obviously we're not there. We need to be perfected. We need to grow into this oneness. We need to be adjusted and harmonized into this oneness, that we may be perfected into one, that again the world may know uh, that you have sent me. Okay, so that first point, uh, we just call it oneness. It's the, you could define it as, um, I want you two brothers stand up again, these two maybe. So you have, uh, flip around, you have God. No, you can look that way. You have God here, separate, and you have man here. Okay? So you can define one, oneness, as the joining or mingling of these two lives. They are now one. <laughs> God and man are one. He who is joined to the Lord is how many spirits? One, one spirit. So oneness is the mingling or the joining of these two lives into one, formerly separate, now in spirit one. That is what is oneness in the Bible. And when you have that, oneness is also understood as the body of Christ because when you have that, you have the body, the head and the body, you have the body of Christ. So you can also say that oneness is the body of Christ. It's the joining and the mingling of God and man to be the body of Christ. That is, in the Bible, what oneness is. Okay, so let's go on to the nice topic, which is one accord. What's the relationship between oneness and one accord? Well, very related. Um, you could say the uh, oneness is like a, a, an acorn nut. And the kernel of that, the life essence of that, is the one accord. One accord is very huge in the Bible. Or a human body. Here I am right here. You could say, this is oneness. See, my body has how many? One body. And the one accord would be like the heart, the main uh, functioning art, uh, organ that is keeping the expression of oneness, the one accord. One accord, if my uh, heart is not functioning and I'm trying to take good care of that, <laughs> then there's no expression. So one accord is spoken about in Matthew 18. Uh, why don't we read Matthew 18, 19. This is the Lord speaking and he's speaking to, he's speaking about relationships in the kingdom. He's, uh, the disciples started this conversation by asking, they were there together, they asked, okay, who among us is the greatest? Not so great of a question. And the Lord took that opportunity to explain proper relationships in the kingdom. So he, speaking, speaking, gets down to verse 19. 
about twos and threes, and let's all read 18, 19 together. Go. Again, truly I say to you that if two of you are in harmony on earth concerning any matter for which they ask, it will be done for them from my Father who is in the heavens. Good. If two, you're going to line two of you, two or three in the verse before. So where do you see one accord in that verse? What's the key word? Harmony. harmony. So you can circle harmony. And then uh, any matter for which they ask. So there's the two asking together in harmony. They agree or they're in harmony on earth concerning any matter. There's an alignment, a oneness concerning any matter they ask the Father, it will be done for them. Okay, so the Greek word here is uh, symphonio, symphonio, I'm not sure I pronounce it, but it means to be in harmony or accord. It refers to the harmonious sound of musical instruments or voices. The one accord or the harmony of inward feeling among the believers becomes like a melody, like music. How about that? This is the Greek word, the meaning of it. When the Lord says uh, that they, two of you are in uh, symphonio. What is it? Symphonio. Symphonio. When two of you are in symphonio. So now I'd like uh, all of us in symphonio to say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Ready, set, go. Lord Jesus, I love you. Okay, very clear. Let's do it one more time. Lord Jesus, I love you. Okay, now, just to your neighbor, uh, you just say something, one sentence each to your neighbor. Ready, set, go. Say something to your neighbor. Okay, that's good. Stop. 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 So there's a difference in those two. When we were all in unison saying the same thing in cadence, it was a quite clear, loud message. When you all all started talking separately to each other, I couldn't get any message. In fact, uh, it was all just jumble, rumble, jumble. So uh, one was in unison, voices in unison and oneness versus uh, many different Voices speaking differently. So, you notice the difference? Yes. Uh, I could notice the difference. I was listening. Or you could say a musical instrument. Some thought I was going to play the guitar tonight, but I'm not. <laughs> so, this is uh, a musical instrument, and it's in tune, right? Does it sound good? <laughs> I can do a few notes. But who, who's a musician in here? What's this tune to? What is it tuned to a certain key or note? I, I don't know music, really, I don't. You can tell, I don't know what I'm doing. I know this is a guitar, not a ukulele. Is it, is there a common? Is there a, why does this guitar sound like that one? Because they're all tuned to a certain E or same note, okay. And is there a C note in here? 
Is there a note called C note? No C. Yeah, you can play a C. Let's see, okay. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, so here is, doesn't that sound good? Is that pleasant to your ear? Sounds good? Is it in harmony? Listen, listen. All have a different note, right? So they're not all C or E, but they are in harmony. They're different. It's harmonized, right? So here are five members, no, six members. Here are six members. Nathan, you stand up. Nick, you stand up. Carlos, you stand up. Jacob, you stand up. Brian, you stand up. That uh, Jacob, okay. Okay, now y'all just lock arms there. Now sing the same Sounds good, harmony. Musical. And to God's ears, uh, this kind of harmony in a group. You're going to be in groups. Uh, you've been in groups. You've been in community groups this uh, fall starting and spring. And these actually may be some group together. And you're being blended together, harmonized. Isn't it nice? But sometimes in a group, especially, keep standing, when you're going to go forth to further God's kingdom in a kingdom of darkness, which is, governs this campus, uh, there is a warfare, there is a battle, there's an enemy. And he, his strategy is to stop you because you have power. In God's name, with God's life, with God's authority, you can affect lives, change lives on this campus. You can bring eternal life to lost souls. Souls that are going to be Christless for eternity. And you're going and you're speaking as college students with the authority of Christ. You can impart faith into your fellow students and transmit the life of Christ, the eternal life, the resurrected Christ into a human soul, and that changes their eternal destiny. And that person, when you go to be with the Lord, that person will be there welcoming you into the eternal tabernacles because you were used by the Lord to gain that person for the Lord, to help them grow in the Christian life and destroy Satan. Powerful. And so Satan wants to destroy this harmony. So Satan's strategy is to Nathan
your group. That's the work of Satan. That's what Satan wants to take the opportunity that your young life has to be blended, to be knit together in one accord, to bring impact to this campus, to shove him off out of this campus. It's through you that the Lord can do that. It's also through you that Satan wants to finish you off. We're talking about real bullets, real blood, the real fight. I hear you're going to law school. Anne's going to be trained as a lawyer. She's going to be in legal battles, legal fights. To be an attorney is to fight. You know that, Anne? Okay. But that's not the real fight. That's just earthly, human, over some money, over some whatever. It's usually down to money. But and people are engaged in a lot of fun. I'm not against that, and I'm all for it. I, I know some really good attorneys. So I'm not putting that profession down. I'm just using that. There's all kind of fights going on all over the world and good causes. But this is the battle of the ages whoever wins this one wraps it up and that means all the other fights are done because when the king comes in the king jesus comes back we will have one world under god not just one nation so you're involved in the highest calling in the universe you might respect the professors and we have a Brilliant professor here, Ken. So we love the professors. They've got good causes, good credentials, good brains, good. But that's not where the fight is. And Ken knows that very well. That's why he's even taken time out of a very busy schedule to be part of this club and be accessible to the students. Okay, so uh, we'll be learning this summer how to get through. Uh, situations. We'll be reading the Word, we'll be praying, we'll be uh, practicing the Christian life, and hopefully there'll be some one accord and harmony. So uh, the, the Word in Acts, after the Lord passed away, uh, resurrected, then these all in Acts 1.14, continue, let's read that, continued, go.
Jesus and to witness his brothers. Okay, and of course, the obvious words in that one are one accord in prayer. In prayer. They were praying in that Matthew 18, 19, so that should be a little tip off. How can we facilitate this one accord? When we open our being to the Lord, who is one, and transmit this oneness into us, then some prayer issues out, and that prayer helps to build the, the group. And the Greek word for there is homo thumadon, homo, the words from homo same and thumus, mind, will, purpose, soul, heart. The word denotes a harmony of inward feeling in one's entire being. So these 120, 120 were there in homo thumadon. That means in their inward being, their entire inward being was in. They were in one accord. There was nothing, uh, nothing outside of that one purpose, one heart, one soul. They were all in. And when the Lord gets some that are all in and they're in the Lord, then the result of this prayer, you know what happened? They prayed for 10 days. And you know what that brought in? Acts chapter 1. Chapter 1 is the one accord prayer. And Acts chapter 2, here it comes. God's move on the earth bringing the Holy Spirit into man and 3,000. The Spirit, through man's harmony and one accord, to release what's in the heavens, binding what's bound in the heavens on earth, and loosing what's loosed in the heaven, loosened on earth, that the Spirit was able just to pour out all the rich Christ rich life of Christ into 3,000 and they got baptized. That's where the authority is. That's where the power is. So the one accord in the Bible is a huge factor in the Lord's move. 